Hi, Desert Word Center. How is everybody on Sunday night? Who's ready for round two, man? Yeah. Who had a good time with us this morning? It was an awesome service together in the presence of the Lord. And tonight is going to be just as great. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and open up just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States. So let's stand up together tonight. Amen. And we're going to keep making this statement of faith over our nation in Jesus' name. And uh, then we'll get into some announcements here in just a minute. But let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. 
we push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Yeah. And you may be seated. All right, we're going to get into some announcements here this evening. We are getting into the very, very busy time of year as we head into these fall time months. And so we've got a lot going on. Uh, but one thing, uh, in case you weren't here this morning, we wanted to give a big congratulations yet again to Barstow's newest police officer, Mr. Nick Alva. He's right there in the back. So everybody wave at Nick. We're super proud of him. The whole church family is. And so he just graduated on Thursday night down in San Bernardino from the, uh, well, Rialto, from the police academy. And uh, he's going to be starting work this week for our city. So we are just, uh, again, very proud. And we know that our city could not have a better police officer than that guy right there. He's got the love of God, and he's, uh, and he's I guess, got everything else that we need. So anyway, super happy about that. All right, let's get into some events here. Uh, this coming Friday night is going to be our marriage night for all the married couples. Amen. And so uh, from 630 to 830, uh, we're going to be having a, a, a night of marriage. So uh, we're going to have dinner together. You can sign up to bring a dish at hdwc.org slash married. There's free child care. Uh, so just register online. That way we know how many kids to plan on. But be there, and it's a chance to just fellowship with some other married couples and grow in your marriage, all right? And then we have a family picnic coming up uh, next Monday, the 18th, uh, from 5 p.m. till dark at the H Street Park. So everybody's invited to that. Bring the kids out. Bring everybody out. Just bring your own dinner, and the kids can play on the playground, and the adults will have a good time. But we've been doing this uh, every few months since last year, and it's a great opportunity to meet other church members and uh, just make some good connections and have a great time of fellowship. So that'll be at H Street Park uh, next Monday night, all right? And then we're going to get into the Harvest Fest section because we've got a lot of Harvest Fest stuff going on. So uh, the candy bins are back there in the back. There's one marked youth group, one marked children's church. And so every year, uh, it's our tradition that whichever bin brings in the most candy uh, wins a, a, a pizza party and stuff at the end of it all. So uh, whichever side you want to win, kids or teenagers, just fill the bins up and we'll, uh, those aren't very big. So we'll fill them up and empty them and fill them up again. But we need candy, 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 uh, because I believe we're going to fill a thousand candy bags and we want to make sure that it's good stuff. I, I like the kids to get the good stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, I, and I like chocolate because that, that's just the best. Amen. Is anyone with me? It's cool. You know, whatever. But hey, praise God. I, I think it's the best. Uh, so uh, anyone remember like those, uh, those like little wax Coke bottles and the lips? Uh, 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 eh. I'd rather have a Snickers bar. So just, you know, do what do what you're led to do, but just keep that in mind. Amen. All right. So uh, fill up the candy bins. Uh, the kids versus teens are doing a change war. So they're going to be having some coin buckets out there. And also whoever wins that gets a pizza party. Um, 
Fest, and there is a Harvest Fest meeting this Thursday at 6.30. I'm going to go ahead and pass around the, uh, this is the volunteer sign-up sheet. If you're interested in volunteering in any capacity at all, whether it's to help set up or maybe run one of the games that night or fill up candy bags, there is a long list of different areas you could help out with. But if you get your name on there, they will contact you and uh, and get you set up with whatever it is that you know you're going to do. All right. Next thing is, as a Harvest Fest fundraiser, uh, we're doing a taco drive-through dinner. Everybody, can you believe it? Oh, wow. And so it's going to be on Friday, the 22nd. Uh, and so these are going to be great, uh, full dinner. Uh, so adults are $12, kids are $8, and all of the proceeds go to Harvest Fest. So uh, keep that in mind, but it'll be a fun night of getting to grab some dinner and fellowship, uh, but also to support Harvest Fest. So that's that. And then the last announcement is our intentional parenting class is coming up. And we are really excited about this. So this class is going to begin on Sunday, October the 1st, and it's going to run for five weeks. So there's five Sundays in October this year. So every Sunday in October, it'll go from 4 to 5.30 p.m. Uh, and I don't know if it'll be here in the sanctuary. Okay, it'll be right here in the sanctuary. It's five weeks long, but this is helping you get a game plan and some technique for your parenting and, uh, and you know, it's, we talked about it this morning, but a lot of people don't have any goals in life, but also a lot of people have no targets or goals for their parenting. And so this is to help you be intentional with your parenting. And, you know, uh, we've even had grandparents and stuff go through the class. And so maybe you're like, well, I don't have any little ones in the house. Well, if you feel it could even help you as a grandparent, go ahead and sign up. The cost is $30. That covers the book and the class. And uh, we have already ordered 10 books, and we'll order more if we need to, because I think we're going to need to from looking at the list this morning. But uh, you can uh, pay for that in the bookstore, and we'll make sure that we get you taken care of. And I just want to, you know, remind you as parents, I mean, $30 is is not a huge uh, investment when it comes to investing into your children and parenting, right? You know, I know people that'll you know spend that on a on a hat or on a, you know, a sports thing or something and and the payoff for raising your children, you know, and with an intentional godly game plan is much greater than, you know, having the newest Yankees hat or whatever. Okay, pay with the, there's a QR code at the info booth. Scan the QR code and you can pay online that way. Uh, don't go to the bookstore. The pastor does not know what he's talking about, all right? So scan the QR code back there and uh, that's the best way to do it, all right? Well, I think that is all of the announcements for tonight that I know of. So who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time, and you're like, well, what's that? Well, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, and so we get cheerful when we get a chance to be givers, amen? And we're going to do our Sunday night tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and the ushers will get you one. And we're going to open our Bibles to Luke 6, and I'm going to go uh, to one of our favorites, Luke 6 and verse 38. Luke 6, verse 38. I'll be in the New King James here, Luke 6, and verse 38 in the New King James. And if you're given online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. 
But we know that as we give, uh, the truth of the matter is the Bible shows us and promises us, as we're going to see right here, that when we give, that yes, we do get back. We do receive from our giving. And, you know, a lot of people in an attempt to be humble would say things like, well, I give and I don't, you know, I don't think I'll ever get anything back. And we understand that our motive for giving is not simply and only so we can get back. But it is an undeniable Bible fact that when we give, we do get back from it. God will see to that. So Luke 6, verse 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. There it is. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And so we've got a promise from God's word that when we give, yes, it is given back to us. And this is part of God's promise. This is part of his way of assuring that our needs are taken care of. We know that Philippians 4.13 says that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And so we talked this morning about how God's got his part and we've got our part. Amen. And so God will make sure that our needs are taken care of, but we got to do our part and be a doer of the word. And so if we uh, are expecting God to pour it out on our life, we got to be givers ourselves. Do you get that tonight? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and stand up together. Praise God. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And then Pastor Josh and Ray Leon are going to lead us into some worship tonight. Then we'll get into the Word of God. And if you weren't here this morning, we made a super big announcement at the end of the service. And so after service tonight, uh, we're going to make that same announcement to you guys because I know, you know, a whole lot of you weren't able to be here this morning. And we want to make sure that you get to hear the good news straight from us. Amen. So anyway, some really exciting things happening. But let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you can't, let's stand up and worship the Lord together. Feel free to join us at the altar. The King of all creation set aside his crown. A servant to the Father's love, descended from his throne above. Author of salvation, giver of new life. Crucified to pay for sin, our righteousness is in the
grateful that you died for our sins. You was raised from the dead. You took our punishment. You took our judgment. And you declared us not guilty. You declared us righteous because of what you did for us. And Jesus, thank you. You took those stripes on your back so we could be healed. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit down to live in us. Thank you for giving us your holy written word to read, to learn, to study, to speak, to change impossible situations all around us, Lord. Father, we're so grateful for Psalms 91. It says a thousand may fall on our left hand, ten thousand are right, but a lot come nigh us. Thank you, Father, no matter what's going on in the world today, that if we speak the name of Jesus, if we live for Jesus, if we fellowship with Jesus, we can walk right through the fire like the three Hebrew children did and not be burned. Thank you tonight for revelation knowledge, for hearts open, spiritual eyes open, spiritual ears open, to grab a hold 
of these concepts of faith and put them to work in our lives, Lord, to more and more and more and more let our light shine to the darkness all around us and get people transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good place to be tonight, isn't it? Tonight we're going to be talking about how you can develop faith to receive from God every time. Every time, every time. I want to show you our devotional. I don't know how many of of you know about this or don't know about it. I think most people here get it now. This is the September devotional. And this is is about faith this month. As a matter of fact, the lesson I'm teaching tonight is right out of today's lesson for September the 10th. So... This was taught at a very, very smaller scale. What I'm going to teach tonight, what was in there this morning, is what I'm going to amplify on tonight. And how, how many here don't have one of these? They're back there at the info booth. So when you leave, get on the info booth and grab one of them. But uh, I think faith is something we all ought to learn about and learn how to more and more walk in faith. Hebrews 11:6 6 says you can't please God without it. Amen. Amen. Faith moves mountains. Faith changes things. Faith will take you through any impossible situation when you learn how to walk in Bible kind of faith. And I know when I, when I first got saved back in 1980, uh, I wasn't sitting in a teaching church, I was in a preaching church. Preaching's good, but uh, teaching's uh, better. You need preachers, need teachers. Matter of fact, the word preach means to proclaim. Preachers proclaim the good news, telling you what you can have. Teaching means to explain. Preaching tells you what you can have. Teaching tells you how to get it. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. And so, and so I explained a lot of things you heard. But anyway, I, I remember when I first got saved, I was at a really good preaching church. And man, I'll tell you what, everybody jumped, shouted, clapped, uh, got goosebumps and all, all kinds of thrills. But all I ever heard, you got to have faith. You got to have faith. And I remember I was a new Christian. I was sitting there thinking, I want faith. I want faith. I want faith. And so then some of the religious Christians in that church told me, uh, faith comes by trials. And said, you have bigger trials, you get greater faith. So guess what I prayed for because of the baby Christian. I prayed for trials. Man, I'll tell you what, the first six months of my Christian life was H-E double toothpick on earth almost. Until I started to hear a guy named Brother Hagin teaching on the radio. And when I heard Kenneth E. Hagin teaching, I thought, wait a minute. He's telling me there's a verse of the Bible that says faith comes by hearing the word of God. And that's Romans 10, 17. And so then the Lord, when I be, began to pray in faith, I said, Lord, is there any pastors in Indianapolis where I lived at that teaches like this man on the radio? Is there anybody in a church in Indianapolis that teaches faith? And so he got me into a faith church really quick. And that helped my faith. I knew what to do for my faith to develop. And so the first thing I did is repented. For asking for problems <laughs> at trials, I got all all that I all all that I would ever want or need, and so I got rid of that stuff. And since then, they still come. But I'll tell you what, I'm like I'm like a home run hitter up there at the plate. The bigger they are, the farther I hit them. I knock them out of the park. As a matter of fact, as we get to the word in a minute, I just as we was worshiping God, I was thinking some of the things the last few years that my faith that finally developed has been able to knock home runs out of. In, on January the 1st, 2018, I was diagnosed with stage 4 blood cancer. That's pretty serious stuff. 
stage four blood cancer, said that my, 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 my blood was 70% cancer. Had 30% of my blood that had something in it good. And so anyway, long story short, I went through chemotherapy, but after, uh, well, matter of fact, in July, they couldn't do any more chemotherapy, so they couldn't finish the treatment. And so Jesus did. And so all the different things, the side effects they said for chemo and cancer that I would have, I've now totally, totally, totally pronounced every way, shape, or form, things they said would never work again work. Amen. Amen. And so in the midst of that, go ahead and clap. I'm talking about faith for you. The only reason I've testified is for you. And so in the middle of that going on, I had a heart attack. And that heart attack, they said, 99% of a right coronary artery was blocked. And the heart doctor said, you're a walking dead man. You shouldn't be here. And I said, okay. And my daughter-in-law, Katie, she's not here tonight, but Katie was with me. She'll tell you how, how weird that was. The guy kept saying, you're a walking dead, man. You shouldn't be here. All I said was okay. Was that by his stripes, I'm healed. I, st- I walked with Jesus, and I knew where my faith was. He looked at me one time. I said, you don't understand me. I do this every day. You're supposed to be dead. I said, okay. <laughs> and so that happened. And so anyway, uh, one long after that, within two weeks, he said, you can do anything you want to do. Amen. said, swim, climb mountains, anything you want to do, go do. said, there's nothing there now. Amen. Faith works. Amen. Amen. Uh, three months ago, three months ago on an airplane, coming back from the country of Honduras, I had a stroke. I couldn't talk. Words wouldn't come out. Things didn't work right. My wife laid hands on me and got things straightened up. And so uh, anyway, we got back, we got back to California couple days later, I thought, I'm going to look and see about strokes. So I looked on old stupid Google, and it, it, it told about strokes. I thought, maybe I better go have something checked out. So I went down to St. Mary's. They had been there for three days, and all the doctors said, how are you talking? I said, with my mouth. I said, you shouldn't be talking. They did all the tests, the MRIs, the, I don't know, what, what's all that stuff? Anyway, all those different things for three days, did all those tests and all the things like that. And the doctor said, you got a golf ball sized thing on your brain left over from that stroke that says that you shouldn't be walking, you shouldn't be talking, you shouldn't be moving, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, you should, you shouldn't be doing anything. And I said, okay. <laughs> Amen. And so I believe since then that golf, golf ball sized thing is smaller and smaller until it's gone. But they said whatever their scale was that measure strokes on, they said a 2.0 is a killer. Said you got a 1.5. Said, you got a 1.5 out of a 2. Said, you shouldn't be here. Then the, there were several doctors that never come in and say, look at my fingers. I said, okay. Look at my eyes. I said, okay. They said, move your head. I said, okay. And all that stuff there. And they said, why are you talking? I said, well, because I'm supposed to. You're asking me questions. <laughs> he said, how are you talking? With my mouth. <laughs> you know, like that. So anyway, all I'm saying, not to be funny at all. Is that faith is real, faith works. Not just for healing, for marriages, for jobs, for financial things, for buying houses, for favor with mean people on your job. Amen. Faith works. And so I want to teach you tonight. Again, I, I, I teach this all the time, but why do you keep teaching it? Because more people need to hear it. And what about us that's heard it? You need to keep hearing it. 
because you're going to hear it a different way this time. Amen. It, it, you just got to keep on hearing it. I've been feeding on faith things all my Christian life. That's why I can get healed of blood cancer, heart attack, strokes so quickly because it's not just a part-time thing with me. It's a full-time 24-7 thing. I live this way because the Bible says live by faith. Amen. And so, something else that I just want to give you again, Lord spoke this to me years ago, faith doesn't deny things, faith changes things. Faith changes things. And so if you've got things going on in your life that need changed and you never talk about them, then they're not going to change. You're going to see that. You've got to talk about the things in your life that are trying to destroy your life the right way. You've got to talk to them, not about them. There's a difference. If you talk about it, it's never going to change. Talk to it, it'll change. Amen, amen, amen. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And I want to say it again. This is in the devotional, today's devotional. And uh, I really highly recommend that you get these devotionals every month. And they're online too at hdwc.org. You get the same devotions. But uh, they're nuggets of things that I've, that, I've, that, I, that I've learned and that I've walked in for the last 43 years. And they, they, they're life-changing. But I want you to look at verse 27 and verse 28. And then we'll jump down to verse 34. We'll start at verse 25. Let's change that. Verse 25. Verse 25, verse 26. <clears throat> it says, And a certain woman had issue of blood 12 years. And when I read this, I say, And a certain pastor had stage 4 blood cancer. And a certain pastor had a stroke, had a heart attack. And because the Bible says a certain, a certain person... That means there's a real live person this is talking about. This is not a parable. When Jesus spoke a parable, it was make up stuff to give you an example. When he talked about farmers, he didn't say a certain farmer. He says this, it's as if a farmer planted seed. And then the seed began to grow because he knew what to do with the seed. He planted the seed in the ground, watered it, sunshined, and then it grew. And then he harvested it. He had a harvest. Explain it how faith works in the spiritual realm as a seed. And so he, he told things like, uh, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He wasn't talking about a certain fisherman. He's talking about everybody that wants to follow him and be a soul winner. Follow me and I'll show you how to be a soul winner. We talked about fishing, but when he's talking about real people, it says a certain person. This is a real live lady. As a matter of fact, back in my church in Indiana, we had a woman with an issue of blood. And just to real simply put, that's called female problems. They got things going on. And this woman was bleeding. And I know the lady in my church, she was a married lady, and had a lot of trouble for a lot of years because the blood wouldn't stop. And so really, really a very, very, very unpleasant life. And so this woman right here, you've got to see and understand, when we read the Bible, these are not just stories to make us feel good or see something. These are letting you know real people in the Bible are just like you. They got real problems. And the things in the Bible that they do to overcome problems are examples for us to do the same things to overcome our problems. Amen. And so would anybody agree that 12 years of having a problem like that would be a horrible life to live? Be very unpleasant. And so in your life, it's the same thing. There may be some little thing in your life that's not, not going to kill you right now, but you're putting up with it every day. Well, Jesus wants you delivered. He wants you healed. 
And so she, she, uh, had this issue of blood 12 years, suffered many things of many physicians. And I think about that back then is probably a whole lot more cruder than it is now with all the medical equipment and ways they have to help people today. That was probably pretty rough going to all these doctors and have them poke around at you and look at you and, and whatever they do. And said, and she had spent all she had. In other words, the lady went broke. All she had. And I know that in life today, I've known a lot of people and even some Christians. They choose not to do what this lady did. What they do, they'll get on Facebook. Does anybody know anybody else has ever had this before? Yeah, I did and they died. Oh, I did and they died. Oh, I did and they died. Oh, okay, I'll go to step two on Facebook. Give me 10,000 likes. I bet nobody will and maybe I'll get something. Oh, I got two likes because nobody wants me healed. Jesus wants you healed. And let me give you, let me give you a clue. He more than likes you. He loves you. Amen. 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 And so too many people did what this lady did for 12 years. All they wanted to do was ask their friends and ask everybody else. Hey, can anybody, can anybody, can anybody, who can I see? What can I do? That's all they did. You know, that, that doesn't take any faith to run around people that have lost. Why do you talk to somebody coming to church like this and hear all the testimonies in a church like this of all the people that got healed of that? Amen. And then do what they did. So this woman says she went broke, spent all of her money. And so that was a pretty bad life. And said all she did is got worse and uh, rather grew worse. Now I want you to fast forward to verse 34. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Be whole of thy disease. In other words, Jesus said, and see, we fast forward because we look at the stuff in the, in the middle of this chapter in a minute. This woman went through all those things. And see, if this would have been a Facebook story, we could have left you hanging. It said, well, she went ahead and lived another two years, then she died. But it didn't say she died. It said this woman got healed and got whole. But the key of this, that a casual reader will miss. You've got to be a serious student of the word to catch the key. In this statement, Jesus made verse 34, said, your faith made you whole. Jesus didn't say, I gave you the touch. Jesus didn't say, you're a special case for the glory of God, so I'm going to heal you, lady. But nobody else, anybody else gets it, said, I've done my one good deed for this year. You're it. Didn't say that. Jesus said, lady, your faith has made you whole. Say this with me. Say, my faith. Well, get my answers. Say it again like you mean to say, my faith. will get my answers. Glory to God. Jesus is no respecter of persons, but Jesus is a respecter of faith. Somebody needs to hear that, needs to write that down. Jesus has no favorites. We're all his favorite. Jesus always honors faith. So this woman was healed by her faith. And so I'm going to look at some points in this for you to get a hold of and mark these things down. I'm just going to look at really just four points of this whole thing right here that are the primary ingredients of faith. And of course, I want, I want to say this too, just so everybody gets it. We're not talking about people that are double agents. What's a double agent? 
Well, you had a church service tonight, so you say, holy, holy, holy. You're a church service tonight, and you say, we love the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But then tomorrow, for six days, you step back at the other side of your life and go back to dirty jokes, pornography, uh, hate, drunkenness, all kinds of things that Christians shouldn't do. You live that life, then come back and say, why is my faith not working? Well, the Bible says sin's a reproach to any people. And nobody's perfect people, and things happen in our lives, but it's not our lifestyle. There's a difference, the Bible teaches there's a difference, being deceived and tricked into sin and making sin your lifestyle. There's things that Christians do sometimes because they were flat out deceived. Things got a hold of them and they fell into something. And then after a while, they wait, what am I doing? Like the prodigal of the pig pen, what am I doing out here like this? I've lived with the pigs. I'm supposed to be a sheep. Amen. And so Christians, and I started praying as a young Christian. I heard different preachers talk about different things. And what come out of me is this, Lord, thank you for giving me a tender heart and a teachable spirit. A tender heart and a teachable spirit. I want to be teachable. I want to be tender hearted. And if I miss it and get into things I shouldn't be in, I want my eyes opened. I don't want to wait till I'm knocked down and knocked out. And then wake up the middle of next year and think, what happened? What hit me? I want to get a hold of it quick. And so I'm saying this, as we're looking at these things here, these are things that needs to be part of a Christian lifestyle, not just Sunday. Amen. And so let's look at this now. Let's get to verse 27. So we already see the woman had the problem for, for 12 years. And I want to say it again. These principles of faith work for financial things, work for relationships, work for job things. They'll work in any area of life because faith is faith. And it works for anything. But this is a healing story. And so the number one thing, as we see, she went to all the doctors, got broke, been sick for 12 years. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus. And so put a number one down and write, she heard. She heard. Now, what you look at Romans 10, 17, I quoted that a little bit ago. Romans 10, 17. And we quote this verse a lot because this is one of the most important verses in the Bible for Christians. Because too many Christians have been religiously brainwashed instead of biblically taught. I want to say it again. Too many Christians have listened to a lot of religious talk from religious people that know all about God but don't really know God. That's why they tell us that young Christians, you got to have a lot of trials if you want faith. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith, look at it with me. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. What are you hearing right now as I'm talking? The word of God. So according to God, who cannot lie, what's coming into your heart right now? Faith. Why? Because you're hearing the word of God. I want you to notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, so then faith cometh by trials. Amen. Amen. 
If one of your loved ones gets hurt really bad in life or something happens to them, that's not from God. Faith doesn't come through that. That's the thief of John 10, 10, come to steal, kill, and destroy. You lose your job and you were doing right, doing good. You were doing your job what you're supposed to and somebody lied on you or some boss had it out for you and fired you. That didn't come from God. Trials come to steal, kill, and destroy. God come to give life of that more abundantly and faith comes from him. Now, now I want you to notice something else too. Because Christians, because they don't know the Bible and haven't been taught right, they don't understand some things. It does not say faith cometh by praying. People told me you got to pray for more faith. Well, I prayed for more faith and I didn't get more faith. I just got tired. Amen. Well, pastor, you're against prayer. We should be praying all day long. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, pray without ceasing. Why do you pray without ceasing? Well, somebody asked me once, said, pastor, uh, how long, how long do you usually pray? I said, I, I usually maybe five or 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, but I don't go 15 minutes without praying. Well, what do, you, what do you consider prayer? I talk to Jesus all the time. I talk to the Father all the time. I've had extended times of prayer where I prayed a long time. But pray is just something you do. It comes out of a heart full of faith. Because you're not praying in faith, then you know, I don't know what you want to call it. Because when you're full of the Word of God, faith cometh by hearing. You're praying in faith. You're praying the Word. You're in fellowship with Him in faith. Because you're in the Word. Because faith cometh by hearing, not by praying. Praying is very much right. Amen. And notice something else it doesn't say that people have got to get. Faith doesn't come by worship. Worshiping God is a very right thing to do. We want to worship. We want to praise. We want to get excited about Jesus. We want to be on our knees. We want to be on our faces. Just loving him and praising him. That comes from a heart full of faith. Amen. The faith comes by hearing the word of God. When the word of God gets alive in you, you are going to be praising. You are going to be worshiping. You see what I'm saying? And so all these different things are good attributes of the lifestyle of faith. Praising, worshiping, loving, all the things we do, paying tithes to Jesus, all those things don't get faith, they're because of faith. That faith only comes one way. And so I want to say this. I've noticed in modern times, there's a lot of Christians that are addicted to video games. A lot of Christians are addicted to those little, all those kind of things, all the, it amazes me. I've been at airports sitting around and just seeing people, just man got the, I don't know what, I've never done one, so I don't know, knock little balls out or something, man. Seem like that, all of a there's a, oh, just all kinds of little things. You know what's happening? If they're believers, they're getting no faith. Could they just as easy have something to build them up on there they're looking at? And even listen to Christian music. I mean something. But all those things don't help. And then guess what? If all of a sudden they were di- diagnosed with stage, stage 4 blood cancer, a video game's not going to heal them. If they had a serious heart attack, played some kind of knockout, boop, 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 that's not going to heal them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you as believers out there watching out there. Plus here, if you want faith, number one, Get in a good faith-building church. A church that teaches the Bible. Hang out with fellow Christians. Birds of a feather flock together. Amen. So do sheep. And so as we come around a good faith-building ministry, and then we ourselves don't check our faith at the door when we leave, but we take it with us, take our Bible with us, and it doesn't take 
a whole lot of time reading your Bible. It's the quality time you have when you are reading your Bible. I know a lot, a lot of people with the work schedules, the family schedules, things like that. You don't have six hours to read your Bible. But if you got an extra 15 minutes, you can do it then. Whatever it is, do something to boost your faith. Because what's happening when you're reading your Bible? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. I know myself, I was taught as a new Christian to read my Bible out loud. Why is that? Faith cometh by hearing. And the person you trust the most is you. Everywhere you go, you show up. And when you show up, you're speaking the Word, then you're building your faith up. And so you, you need to learn to start speaking things out loud. And so this woman heard of Jesus. How many know in John chapter 1, it says Jesus is the living word. And as we read the Gospels, Jesus went around healing all the time. And so when he heard about this new great physician, heard about the other ones that didn't help her, just took her money, he heard about Jesus. So right then, she began to step into the world of faith. At first, Christians... Now come to church regularly, that read your Bibles regularly. The very first thing, I've walked this way for pretty much all my Christian life, but I got to faith church really quick. The very first question that comes into my thinking, if something bad hits my family, hits my church or hits me, what's the Bible say? What verses cover that? I've got to find some Bible. Amen. And unless a person were knocked out or something, they ought to be as a dollar nine one one quoting the word of God. Amen. As as you've got your loved one that's in trouble, your hands ought to be out to speak in the name of Jesus, quoting the word of God, and say nine one one. We need some help over here, and you just kind of think Jesus is already here, but we need you too. Amen. There's so many Christians that I've talked to and I've been around, and they get they get they get bad news hit. They never think. They never think about what does the Bible say. All they think about is, well, you know, under the conditions, do, do the best can be expected. I remember how, as a young pastor, I was a baby pastor. You know, pastors don't start off full-grown pastors. We start off just like you do, learning the ropes, what to do and how to do it, how to help people. But I went, I went to a, a church in Indianapolis with a friend of mine from a denominational church. And they had, had one of their big leaders, superintendent or something, had had some kind of a bad heart attack or something. I'll never forget it. I'm a new pastor teaching faith, and these people are supposed to be faith people, I always thought. And they had all kinds of seasoned pastors there. I'd heard their names for years. I was was at a great big auditorium, had hundreds of them. And then they come up here, and they talked about some some superintendent so-and-so had such-and-such happen to him. I can't remember what it was. Pretty bad thing, like stuff I went through. Something pretty bad. And then said, but under the circumstances, he's doing his best to be expected. I thought, what? What are you doing under the circumstances? You're supposed to be on top of the circumstances. Some circumstances tried to get me under, but I refused to stay under. Amen. I got on top of the circumstances. And, and, and faith doesn't die things. Faith changes things. So I would never, ever, 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 ever say something like that. By well, considering what, what could be expected. Well, what I expect is this. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. James 5, 14 and 15 says, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. 
Let the elders of the church anoint them with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And so under the circumstances, I expect healing. It's what the Bible says. Now, what happens between A to Z, I don't know. All the doctor stuff stuff going on. All, is, all I know is right in the midst of everything of my family or my loved ones that I have influence with. I'll make sure they understand that we laid hands on him, prayed the prayer of faith. Jesus came on the scene. Matter of fact, you want to, you want to hear some, uh, I don't know what to say, what you call it. Almost spooky, but in a good way spooky. When I had that heart attack, I was in the surgery room and they were putting a stent in me and they kept me conscious because they wanted to see, I don't know what they wanted to see, wanted to be talking to them or something. So I'm laying in there doing the stent. I'm looking around at all the guys. There's about four or five of them. I knew where they are. And I, and I was laying there with my hands like this. And all of a sudden, I felt somebody's hand in my hand like this, holding my hand like that. And I was laying there. I was fully conscious. I went, one, two, three, four, five. I thought, there's nothing. I didn't see it. I couldn't move. So I looked my eyes around. And I could see over there outside, nobody there. And when I thought there's nobody there, this hand squeezed my hand like that, started squeezing. And I went, one, two, three, I see them all, squeezed my hand again. I thought, wow, Jesus showed up. Mark 16, verse 20, <clears throat> says Jesus will confirm. He works with them, confirming his word with signs following. Jesus was right there. Amen. He's right there, squeezing my hand for me. Did you want to hear something just as weird? That night after things were done, they had me in my room. And in my room, I'm there in the bed, and these two nurses came in. And one of them gave me, I come to find out, was nitroglycerin. And another one gave me, I forget what it was, some other kind of drug. And I had a quick reaction, and I started dying. And so as soon as they did that, I told them what was happening. I mean, I felt myself going. I, I, was, going, I, I was going out. And uh, they, said, they said, Mr. Samples, within about 30 seconds, there's going to be 20 people in the room. Get ready. Man, they hit the button code, something like that, and all of a sudden, she was right, man. Machines came in there, and stuff came in there, and they started pouring stuff to me, but I came out of it. And then uh, I heard a doctor later on at a nurse standing there, the nurse that gave me the wrong thing, two, two things worked against each other. I was laying there, and they're out in the hallway right there talking real low, and we said nitroglycerin, I can't remember what, morphine or something, said, you never, ever, ever mix anything with that nitro. You don't do that. He's getting on her case. So I just laid back there. And then I was kind of in a twilight sleeping. And then behind me, I heard somebody praying. I heard somebody using my name and talking to the Father about me. And I told Mom, Mrs. Pastor, the next day about that. She come in. She said, there could be somebody behind your bed. Look where your bed is. It was up against the wall of the corner. And they had all kinds of stuff standing there equipped. She said, could, nobody could fit back there. Jesus was in my room again. Amen. And so the reason I tell those things is the Bible is real to me. Amen. Jesus shows up when you pray in his name. He shows up. And I'm sure glad, I'm sure glad to see Jesus show up. I want to get back to this, but now I remember one more story you might want to hear. Back uh, about 1981, 82, there was a man that I didn't know that a lady, to, lady told me about was an unsaved man. He was in a hospital in Indianapolis dying. They said he was in his 70s, which I used to think was old. That's not old anymore. Don't anybody tell you 70s old. 
That's not old. <laughs> it's not old enough yet. But anyway, said he had said he had a tumor the size of a grapefruit on his colon. He wasn't expect to make it, you know, just a few more days. So some friends and I went out to that hospital to pray for him. And the guy was really he he'd never been a saved man. And so we one at a time we went there to talk to him, and the guy was so out of I mean you might as well if you saw a skeleton hanging up going click, click, click. That's what he was, just skin and bones with, you know, not much at all. And so there's no way the guy could talk. And so I remember my friend, Tony, went in there. He's a little older than I was. And he talked to the guy and he said, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And this hospital, this big hallway, this big booming voice like loud speaker, no, not at this time. Well, where'd that come from? You think that guy didn't have a demon. And so Tony came out. I went in to take a shot at it. I went in there. They was Mr. Kaufman. I started talking to Mr. Kaufman. Stuff like that. Mr. Kaufman, can I pray for you to see Jesus? No, not at this time. The guy had a demon going to take him straight to hell. <clears throat> so we left there. And we determined, the three of us, I wasn't married at the time. Well, let's fast and pray for Mr. Kaufman's salvation. So uh turned out to be an 11-day fast. I sure Praise God. It was a long time. And so we fasted. And then one day, the lady that told me about him told me that, that he got he got healed. They're going to lay him out of the hospital. Oh, really? And so we went to the hospital then to go in and see him. We got to the hospital. And when we got to the room, they were cleaning up his room. So we went out there and talked to the desk nurse. And she said, oh, Mr. Kaufman died this morning. I said, what? Said he died. I said, what happened? She said, nobody knows. Said, he started getting healed. Said, all of his vitals, everything was coming back. He was starting to eat. Things were getting normal. He was doing really good. And then all of a sudden, said, with his family gathered around, he's down to like five breaths uh, a minute. Just everyone, he'd give up like that. And said, then uh, he looked up and said, who are you? Yeah, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I want you. Then he died. <laughs> Amen. This is real. It's real. It's real. It's real. So as we're looking at this story about this lady here, I know I'm getting little bunny trails, but I think maybe they'll help you. This is very real. Prayer is not a secondary bailout. Prayer is a primary way of life. The name of Jesus is not just something you use in church. The name of Jesus you better be bold about every day, everywhere you go. Don't be afraid to use the name of Jesus. Are your custom friends out there afraid to say GD? They don't hold back. Are any other words they use? They use any words they want to. So if those words would offend a Christian, why should a Christian be concerned about offending somebody for the name of Jesus? Amen. And so anyway, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so that's point number one. You've got to change your source of information and begin finding Bible verses and things in the Bible to build your faith up. Then I want you to notice number two. Look at verse 28. It says, For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. The Amplified Bible says, As she kept saying, She kept saying, When I touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And so a couple things there. Number one, she was speaking her faith. And number two, she had a point of contact. Pastor Dave talked about having a goal today. He talked about having a goal tonight. 
Well, if your goal is healing and you need healing, you got to have a point of contact to release your faith. You got to have a point of contact. You need to be able to say, if I can just get to church tonight, I'll have the pastors lay hands on me. If I get my daughter to church tonight, I'm going to bring them to church tonight. And you've got your faith released that your point of contact is when they touch them, they pray in the name of Jesus, we're going to be healed. Something's going to happen. But the thing is, she kept saying, if I touch but his garments to clothes, I shall be whole. How many know that Jesus was the anointed man there was on the face of the earth at the time? Nobody had the Holy Ghost except Jesus. Now, it's everywhere. The Holy Ghost is in all of us. We've all got the Holy Ghost. But at that point in time, she needed to get to Jesus to get contact with the anointing. But she kept saying it. She kept saying when I touch Jesus, I'll be whole. When I touch Jesus, I'll be whole. Now look at uh, Hebrews chapter 10, Amen. verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. And when you read the book of Hebrews, you're reading about the present day ministry of the Lord Jesus. The book of Hebrews primarily teaches us what Jesus is doing now. Do you know that in Hebrews chapter 7 says that Jesus is receiving your tithe? Amen. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22 says that when you tithe, Jesus receives that in heaven. We use your faith and say, Jesus, I'm bringing your tithe to you. And when I put it in the offering basket, offering bucket, or if you're tithing online, say, Jesus, I'm presenting my tithe to you. He's received it in heaven. Pastors can pray over it, but Jesus can bring it to pass, the blessings. Amen? And so Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, says, let us hold fast the confession of our fears. The confession of our doubts. Hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. Talking about Jesus, you need to hold fast your confession of faith in Jesus. I like that song we sang sang a while ago and uh, talked about the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We need to recognize beyond all else. And I, I I want to say this, something else that I believe Christians need to get a hold of. Did you know... There's a lot of other religions in the world besides Christianity. And you know they all talk about their God. They've all got a God. Well, Ephesians chapter 3 says for Christians, the one God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why Jesus said, New Testament prayers said, you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And so we need to start being clear, especially in public places, what God we're talking about. Tell you what, that kind of clears it all up when you say, I'm talking about Jesus. Now, here's what I want to say about that. I heard this years ago, it's always stuck with me. He may be God to the world, but he's father to me. Amen. Amen. And so I never, ever, 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 I mean, if you do this, your business, but I never pray, dear God. He's father to me. Amen. When you're out in public, and you're around different religious things out there. If all you're ever talking about God, they think you're talking about their God. Well, I'm talking to my father in the name of Jesus. That separates it where I know who I'm talking to. 
And you know what else? He likes us to call him father. He likes to hear the name of his son. And Jesus said, that's the key to answered prayer. Pray to the father in the name of Jesus. And so if you start off as a new prayer, you know how to pray, you can pray God. But you need to be making some shifted to the father in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so it says right here that he, Jesus, is faithful that promised. And so the promises in the Bible that he gives us, we need to keep talking about it. That's what it says, hold fast the confession of your faith. And the word confession is a real simple Bible word in the Greek, homologia. It means to say the same as. What, what does God say about your diagnosis? God says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God says, 1 Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. That's a confession of faith and say the same as God says. How do you know what God says? Read the Bible. Amen. Amen. Psalm 91.16 was a big one for me a few years ago. With long life, why satisfy Bernie and show him my salvation? And so I think, wait a minute. Long life now in the Bible's not really 60. It's not really 70. That's just get close to it. But I'm going to be at least 85 or longer. That's the long life I'm going for or longer. And so that's a promise from God in the Bible. So I'm going to keep on confessing because he's faithful that promised. Amen. How about you? Is this getting through to anybody? Is anybody seeing how faith works? Number one, you got to hear what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing. And number two, do like the lady did. She said, if I just touch his garment, I shall be healed. She didn't say, well, I hope I'm going to get something. You know, uh, you know, it's just, let me, can I tell you something else too? I saw a lot of it when I first got saved. I wasn't around faith churches like this, the first little part of my Christian life. People loved goosebumps. You don't get healed by goosebumps. Man, they loved this church I went to, man, they all talk about the heebie-jeebies. Man, who got the heebie-jeebies? And man, they jump and dance and stuff like that and still come back sick the next service. Nobody got healed. Heebie-jeebies, goosebumps. When I went to Bible school and prayer class, you know, what, you know what the guy told us? If you got to have goosebumps and feel the hair stand up in the back of your neck, know your prayers got answered, I'll start breaking in a block of ice for you to sit on. <laughs> Amen. We don't need, we don't need our hair stand up in the back of our neck. Man, the Spirit of God comes through sometimes those things happen. What we need is knowing what the Word of God says in our heart and in our mouth. Amen? That's how we get answers to prayer. And then I want to look at point number three. She had heard of Jesus, and she said, then look at the last part of verse 27. It says, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. She heard, and then she said it, and then she came behind, and she did it. She was a doer of the Word. Look at James chapter 1. Verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. James 1, verse 22 says, But be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving your own selves. It's not what you hear and know, it's what you know and do that gets results. I want to say it again. It's not what you hear and know. There's a lot of people come to church like this. They hear a lot of things like this. They hear about tithing. They talk about tithing. They know about tithing. 
The tithe that does no good because they don't tithe. It says be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. And then there's so many other verses, so many other things. Faith works by what? By love. Faith works by love. That's Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. It says faith works by love. You can have all the faith of the world. First Corinthians 13, the love chapter says you can have faith to move mountains. You can have faith to feed the poor. You can have faith to do all kinds of things. It says if you have not love, it profits you nothing. And so people that come to a church like this, yet they still hate fellow believers. They hate politicians. I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of politicians I have zero respect for, but I don't hate them. Because Jesus said, if you hate somebody, it's the same as a murderer. And says a murderer has no eternal life. And so there's no way there's going to be anybody in this world, no matter how mean, how vulgar, how cruel, that I would ever say, I hate you. I hate what a lot of people do, but the Bible says God hates a lot of deeds too. God hates a lot of things that maybe some of you still do, but he doesn't hate you. And so we have to know that if we are going to be people that our faith develops and grows, we need to do the word of, good, word of God we know to do. And God does not hold you accountable what you don't know. You know, that's another teaching. But God knows where we are in life. And Christians, baby Christians, are just like babies in real life. Little babies don't know how to change their own diapers. Amen. If you've been born again for 23 years old, you sure ought to be able to quit messing all over yourself. You ought to be able to start controlling some things. And so we as believers have to know that when we see things in the Bible, and what I mean by seeing them, just because you hear something taught a time or two doesn't mean you see it yet. That means it's not revelation to you yet. But all of a sudden, one day you see it. Like, oh, wow, wow. Whew. Death and life is the power of the tongue. I better start watching what I say. You've been saved for a long time, and all of a sudden, one day you realize, wow. So that's what they've been teaching. That's what they've been saying, that my words have power. My words have authority. My words control the direction of my life. Wow, I see it now. Guess what? Now you're accountable. Amen. So this woman said, and then she did what she said she was going to do. She came and touched Jesus' garment. And then I want you to notice the next thing. And this is the last part. Verse 29. <clears throat> it's the straight way the fountain of her blood was dried up as she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So she heard. She quit listening to everybody else. Started listening to Jesus. And then she said, when I get to Jesus, I'll be healed. And then she did what she said she was going to do. She got to Jesus. When she touched him, the anointing flowed. And I want to show you that right here. She received. And so then in verse 30, and Jesus immediately anointing himself that virtue, healing power, had gone out of him. Now look at this. Turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Well, I thought that was Jesus. He knew everything. Jesus was all God. We lived in an earth suit for 33 years. He was a human being. And just like you or I, unless the Holy Spirit shows you something, you don't know what's going on around you. Holy Spirit gives you a witness about a person, something going on. Then you know, but you don't know unless he shows you. And so this crowd says Jesus was in a crowd. 
walking through the city, people all over him said the crowd was all around him. And he said, somebody touched me. And then you notice the next verse says, disciples said, everybody's proud of your master. Said, what do you mean somebody touched you? And then paraphrased, Jesus said, I know, but somebody touched me with faith. Can you imagine how many hundreds of millions of prayers go up every minute, every day to heaven? But how many of those prayers touch him by faith? If they all touch him by faith, you'll see a lot more miracles. Amen. And so, anyway, we're going to close it down right here. But just get those four points down in your life. Number one, whatever it is you need him to do in your life, find Bible verses. Amen. And if you just find one Bible verse, start there. But every day, say, Lord, I want to thank you. That First Peter 2.24 says, by your stripes I was healed. Or if it's money, Lord, I want to thank you. Philippians 4.19 says, you're my God. You'll supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. Or if it's a relationship situation, Father, you said go the extra mile. I'm going the extra mile. I want to thank you. I'm going the extra mile. And love never fails. Whatever it is, start speaking the word and then put action with the word. And you're going to find out one day Jesus is going to say, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. You got it. Amen. Amen. That's how it works. Amen. Let's stand up. I'm excited about Pastor Dave's filled you in on the latest announcement just a little bit. But first of all, if you need prayer, how many know that your faith just got built up? Your faith just got built up because the Bible says it did. If you need prayer for anything, here's a mighty anointed woman of God right here. And we're anointed up here. Everyone up here has the same Holy Ghost, the same anointing. So any one of us up here can pray for you in faith and get you healed, get depression off of you. Or if you need the prayer of agreement for something you're going through in life, then come up here. Let us help you. And you know what you're doing? You're being a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Coach, you're coming up here expecting God to move. Amen. Amen. Let's worship and we'll pray for you. You were the word at the beginning. I'm one with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. 
My sin was great, your love was greater. And what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. A death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal Now and forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory Yours is the name Above all names What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ, my King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ, my King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Death could not hold you The veil tore before you You silenced the boast Of sin and grave The heavens are roaring The praise of your glory For you are raised To life again You have no rival You have no equal Now and forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory Yours is the name Above all names What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ, my King What a powerful name it is 
nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Death could not hold you The veil tore before you You silenced the boast Of sin and grave The heavens are roaring The praise of your glory For you are raised to life again You have no rival You have no equal And now and forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory Yours is the name above all names What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ My King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus We're going to, in just a minute, we'll wind things down and we'll be moving into, we'll give you kind of our news that we wanted to share with you. But uh, we wanted to lay hands real quick on Cheyenne because she's going to be having a baby this week. I know you can't tell, but believe it or not, she is pregnant. And uh, yeah. So we did this with Norma a few weeks ago. I had her run down here and hey, she had the baby early. So, uh, but we're not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to make her run. That's, it's frowned upon to tell pregnant women to run in front of a group of people. So amen. But we want to pray over her. And Wednesday is when you're going in. Okay. At, uh, 9 a.m. Okay. And so we're going to be praying and we know that the baby is going to be born at just the right moment, perfectly healthy and whole. Amen. We got a little boy, right? 
Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we're just laying hands on Cheyenne right now. And Lord, we thank you that her and Jesse, Lord, are submitted to you and you've blessed them with another baby. And so we say in the name of Jesus that this baby is being born at just the right moment. And as she goes in there, uh, Lord, that the, you, you're anointing the doctors in Jesus' name, that your hands are upon their hands and you're guiding every single step of this and that this baby is going to be uh, just perfectly healthy and whole and going to live a long life serving you and help uh, Cheyenne to recover quickly in Jesus name and to be able to have a wonderful bonding period uh, with the new baby and you're just blessing the whole family with peace and joy during this time we thank you for it in Jesus name amen all right yeah looking forward to this amen well let's do our barstow faith confession and then we'll uh we'll have you all sit down for a minute and i want to share some news with you so let's say this together we declare that barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed our churches are blessed barstow is healed barstow is prospering barstow is safe Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.